The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. We still haven't worked out how to do a two-man run, but we do the best we can here uh, today. Thank you all so much for click and play on this video or click and play on the audio version of this on our podcast feed. As you can tell. We are missing one of our three this week because he's having internet issues, which I had yesterday. So there must be some rolling spectrum thing going on around Southern California. I was out for six hours. So honestly, sadly, honestly, if you're only listening to this on the podcast feed, you might not know Shannon is gone because I think I sounded just like him. <laughs> That's a great point. That's an excellent point. So, like, so if you if you thought that was Shannon on the podcast feed, surprise. Yeah. That was me doing my Shannon impersonation. You guys I know it's I know it's very, very good. <laughs> you guys do great impersonations of each other. I always look forward to it when you guys do that. But <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into a lot of things today. Uh, it's a bit of a mini episode, so to speak. We're gonna jump into some trailers and jump into some Oscar Oscars talk. But uh, let's introduce ourselves first. I am the outlaw John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel, I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And Shannon McClung is missing, but he would tell you that uh, Barry in the Big City, seasons one and two are ill on Netflix, and uh, they're working on other projects as well. And you can catch him coming up soon on Party Down uh, when that show debuts, uh, maybe next month, I think. Uh, I think next month, yeah. Is that right? Um, and also a big shout out to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us on the Geek Buddies. Head on over there to CarbonHealth.com to get checked out today, either virtually or in person. 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone. And download the app to have a doc in your pocket for those healthcare questions, concerns, and needs on the run. Now, Mike, I know we agreed to a rundown, but as we were starting the show, this bit of news jumped over the internet, and I thought we'd get it. Let's do it. we got to come up with something. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, it just was announced by HBO that The Last of Us has been renewed for season two and we've only gotten two episodes of the show, technically, even though one and two were probably mashed into that first episode. So 
What are your thoughts here already on a season two for The Last of Us being greenlit um, uh, so quickly? Uh, not surprised. Mm. Not surprised at all. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, I was actually talking to uh, last night. I went on a date and Ooh. the person I went on a date. Yes, it's very exciting. <laughs> um, the person I went on a date with was telling me how he doesn't like scary things. He mm. hates zombie stuff, but he watched Last of Us and he loved it. Yeah. And then my sister uh, was texting me about how good she thought Last of Us was. And there's just, you can tell that it has that energy where, look, we're all geeks. Most of you guys and girls and others who are listening to us, uh, you're geeks. We're all going to watch all the geeky stuff. Yeah. But then there's those friends that you have that don't necessarily watch every geeky thing. But like, you can tell when they get wrapped up in something, when they're like, ooh, tell me about this. I want to check it out. That it has that sort of broader appeal. And Last of Us... 100% seems to have that. So I don't know exactly what their numbers are, but I'm sure the numbers were big enough that they were like, absolutely, 100%, let's keep going. This is definitely something we want to keep. Like they're, 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 they've got another something on their hands. And with HBO Max and Warner Brothers going through all of the rigmarole that they've yeah. been going through, right. having something that is a great anchor for them uh, is key. And Last of Us seems like it has sort of that Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon level, White Lotus level energy. Um, so not surprising. And it's awesome. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, me too. We've been doing our reviews here on the uh, on the Geek Buddies. We just did our episode two review that's uh, out that we dropped a couple of days ago. If you all want to catch up and watch that, you can. But yeah, very excited to get this renewal. Really enjoyed, really enjoying the first two episodes so far. Wondering if season two, where we're going to end by season one, will it veer into The Last of Us Part Two, which of course came out because Naughty Dog came out yesterday, or, or Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog came out yesterday, who's the co creator of this show and of course co creator of the game as well. And it seems like they are not going to create a new Last of Us game that would be in essentially the third installment in the game and moving away from an un another Uncharted, possibly so, Uncharted rather, possibly so. This will be very interesting to see if the, he's moving over into this and then extending this world out past what right. we got in part two of Last of Us. And we're just uh, in the video game and we're just going to create seasons upon seasons upon seasons, kind of like what we're getting with Game of Thrones. Uh, we got those last two, two, two and a half seasons, I think, from Game of Thrones and, and what have you. So could be a move here to start focusing on the live action version of this, considering how people are responding to it now. I had heard, and I don't know if I actually heard this or if I made mm. this up in my head, but I had heard that they had said at one point that they were not going to continue the series beyond what happened in the game. That, like, that was the yeah. story and that's what they wanted to tell. So it'll be interesting to see. This is where uh, commerce and creativity sometimes clash in a good way, um, which is if they are like, look, we're going to tell The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, and that in a perfect world would take us two seasons or three seasons or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but if the show remains a hit and yeah. it's still doing great, what does it take for HBO and everyone else to say, look, we hear you. Yeah. But just if you were going to tell more stories, what would that be? <laughs> and how much can we pay you to do it? So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and, you know, look, that's a great problem for uh creators to have it's a great problem for studios to have and it's a great problem for fans to have because although on the one hand i love a story that has a hard ending where you're yeah. like we knew what the ending was going to be and this is we stuck the landing and it was great uh when you love something you want to keep it going so yeah we will see but i'm excited to see what happens with fungus and uh weird creepy uh clicker people <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. That's all I got. I was like, mm. <laughs> and Joel and Ellie as well. Um, yeah, you were right about this. Druckman tell, told the Hollywood Reporter, "We have no plans to tell any stories beyond adapting the games. We won't. We won't run into the same issue as Game of Thrones since Part Two doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Uh, Last of Us was watched by four point seven million people on their debut episode, and then five point seven on their second. Uh, and by the end of the week, it became eighteen million on the first episode." And the, or the second episode, rather, and the uh, the premiere episode has now surpassed 22 million yep. viewers overall. And as I said, the second episode jumped up 22% in viewership. So I imagine that 22 million is going to increase by the end of the week here as people catch up on the show and watch it uh, and hopefully watch our review as well. But you're right. I mean, it's like Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix did not take on the Joker thinking he was going to do a sequel to that film. Right. But it made a billion dollars. And so you know, people wanted to see more and maybe as an actor, as an artist, you're like, okay, this is a fun, interesting challenge. Didn't expect such a reception. Let's see what we can create. So hopefully it'll work out because a lot of people loving the show so far. And you're right, Mike, when HBO max is in such flux and people are, you know, shooting slings and arrows at it because they're so mad about it. uh, Some of the shows that are being canceled, like doom patrol, like Titans, you got a show here. That's a little more stable and kind of stays in the vibe of what HBO max has created in the past with a lot of their other shows um, that they've done. So not a surprise here that they're continuing with this one. Um, all right, anyway, let's uh, jump into uh, our trailers here. Um, uh, Michael, please take it away. Trailers, trailers, trailers. We have three trailers today, but they are all second trailers. It's things we've talked about before, but we got a second look at all of them. Wow. Oh, it's like Shannon is in the room. Why is he a 1940s guy? You gotta ask Shannon. I don't know. I don't. I don't choose this. This is what he does. Tell me I'm wrong. Show me the lie. It's like watching Elvis. Um, it's incredible. <laughs> All right. So first up, we got our second look uh, at Dungeons and Dragons: yep. Honor Among Thieves. So this is uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I believe second at bat at a full yep. live action movie after the '90s one. That the less said about it, the better. Um, definitely this one looks, uh, a little bit higher budget, a little bit more tongue in cheek, a little bit stronger cast. Um, we've got, uh, you know, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, uh, Reggie Jean Page, Hugh Grant. Um, so like really good, good, solid cast. Uh, Johnny, what did you think of this trailer? I don't, I don't know that we got anything drastically new. We got a couple new jokes. We got a couple more dragons, but I don't know that we got anything massively different from a story standpoint, but what did you think? I think they're, I think they accomplished their goal, which is to make it feel like it might not be as bad as that one from the (laughs) nineties or two thousands, because the humor is here and the humor is actually working in a way that feels organic to the construct of what you've created here. Right. And I know there's humor in the game as well. I'm very much a novice on Dungeons and Dragons only probably ever played a whopping 20 hours of it total my entire life. But from what I understand and what people have told me who glow about it is that it has a sense of humor to it, as well as being serious about how these people feel about their characters. Certainly seeing that throughout this trailer, I was very happy about it. You know, the little, little shots and little things that are taken. Michelle Rodriguez kicking a bunch of ass while poor Chris Evans or or Chris Sapine is trying to cut the ropes on his uh, essentially handcuffs, all of that. And then there's, then there's this connection though. Like, who is this witch in red or wizard in red? It looks female. He's talking about the fact that he's lost someone he loves. So in my mind, I go, well, is that her? Has she gone to the dark side and become this wizard? Is this what his quest is? So I have a lot of questions that got me excited and interested. 
I liked Michelle Rodriguez. I don't always like Michelle Rodriguez, but I liked her in the trailer here. JG and Page fits in nice. I can't remember the young kid's name, but his jokes are at the perfect timing with them as well. Uh, and JG and Page essentially playing like a, um, a uh, Drax type character in this. So I like that kind of Maybe, energy yeah. as well. So in the end, like the chemistry, liked what I got. So now I'm actually curious to see it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it with the, with the Drax thing. It definitely feels like what they're going for is uh, Dungeons and Dragons meets Guardians of the Galaxy. Good point. Yeah. But I don't, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that part of what is missed out on a lot of adaptations to your point about humor is when a bunch of friends get together and, uh, and go through a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, there's a lot of joking. There's yeah. a lot of silliness. There's a lot of fun that goes into that. And I think that's something that has never been quite captured correctly and taking that guardians of the galaxy we're kind of a bunch of assholes but we are the ones who have to save the world as like sort of the basis for what you're building and just dropping it in the dungeons and dragons universe yeah. it's not a bad idea it's just all about execution um so i think you are right that the trip both the first and second trailer kind of set us up to go okay this clearly doesn't suck as much as dungeons and dragons things in the past have sucked so that's good. Now, is it going to be great? Is it going to be amazing? Is it going to be a brand new franchise that we all get super stoked about? That also kind of remains to be seen. I think kind of a common thread um, throughout all these trailers uh, to some degree is that we as geeks are so fortunate now because we have so much content that having an all-star cast and a decent sized special effects budget doesn't actually automatically mean that you're going to like kick ass. Yeah. Like it used to be if we got if we got this level of stars and this level of special effects in a fantasy or sci-fi movie, you're like, "All right, well, I'm going to fucking go see it because that's all we got." Right. But now we have so much out there that uh this looks good. Like the trailer is solid, but it didn't like bowl me over like I have to go see it opening weekend. So, right. it's going to be interesting to see um, how people respond. I think a lot of it's going to be word of mouth. If Dungeons yeah. and Dragons fans go see this movie and they're like, you know what? This was great. This felt like Dungeons and Dragons. I loved it. I had a blast. I loved all the Easter eggs. I think people will go. So yeah. we will find out uh, not too far away on March 31st. Uh, so just uh, just around the corner. Yeah, and Mike, certainly Dungeons and Dragons could use a win here considering a lot of the controversy recently with some of the decisions they made with their franchise uh, in terms of the game playing stuff yeah. uh, that they've done. So it could be a good thing to kind of resuscitate the brand a little bit. Um, yep. And speaking of uh, resuscitating, let's talk about DC. <laughs> uh, we got our second look at <laughs> Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. Yeah. Um, and again, much like the Dungeons and Dragons trailer, I don't know that they showed us anything that drastically changed our understanding of this movie compared to the first trailer. We got a lot more of Lucy Liu on a dragon. We got some more uh, mythological creatures for the mm -hmm. gang to fight. But other than that, I don't know that we got a ton different um, different stuff going on. But Johnny, what did you think? I know you did a trailer reaction to this I one, I believe. Yeah. So what uh, what were your thoughts on uh, on Shazam? Look, it's I, I said this in a trailer reaction. So for those of you who haven't seen it, I'll repeat myself. I, did, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. You know, I, to me... I've always loved Shazam, even as a kid, and I like the kind of kind of harder edged Shazam that we got in Kingdom Come. I like the Shazam that questions himself. I like the Shazam that's not sure about things, and I felt Zachary was a bit too 
hey, I'm making the jokes here rather than having a little bit more angst within him. But that's my own personal thing. I'm not trying to do a hashtag not my Shazam. It just didn't 100% work for me. And there was some darkness in the first uh, installment here with Mark Strong and the things that he was doing, like killing his dad. And so like it was pretty, it had some dark moments. Didn't feel dark, but it had dark moments. This trailer, I was, I really liked it. Like the first half of the trailer is back to the Zachary Levi making the jokes. He's kind of doing this thing where like every superhero has done. We've seen it with Spider-Man. How many times questioning whether they should be a hero or not? Or whatever you know once it's your once the glow of being a hero wears off and you realize there's a responsibility to this then you start to question can i keep doing this because i can really mess stuff up in a grand scale in a way that as a regular human being i wouldn't mess up quite as much so it's that kind of pressure is there but the switch in tone in the trailer to this more darker edge where it seems like he's sacrificing himself to save the planet to stop these daughters of atlas from uh, uh, removing his powers and also destroying the planet. There was a lot here in the second half of the trailer that I was like, oh, I like this. And even his outfit kind of became half Black Adam, half Shazam in terms of the look, which I was surprised by. So uh, the back end of this trailer absolutely hooked me in. Even if the first half was like, oh, here we go with the jokes again. The back half got me back going like, okay, this could have a little more depth. And I speculated, wouldn't this be interesting if he quote unquote dies at the end of this trailer and then, or in this movie, rather, and then gives James Gunn and Peter Safran the opportunity to either bring him back or not bring him back in the new un- in the new universe they're building. So, overall, like the trailer, made me more excited to go see this movie than I initially was. Interesting. I did not have that reaction, um, <laughs> but I didn't have a bad reaction. I saw like like the Shazam, both the first trailer and the second trailer. I kind of had this similar like I watched the whole trailer yeah. and I went okay. Like I like nothing about it overly excites me yeah. and nothing about it I think is bad. Like fair enough. Th- okay. The gang is doing their thing. Daughters of Atlas show up, want those powers back. There's a bunch of fighting. Shazam is worried he doesn't have what it takes. I get it. I see what this is going to be. Um, so a lot of it is in the execution. And what I and again, kind of like my common thread through all this. I was talking to my brother about it this morning and I was just like, you know, I just feel like we have so much solid content that you just need to give me like, like what either, either it's a Star Wars or Marvel Universe thing where you are dropping down a piece of the history or you're building to something bigger. And I I can see that like we talked about this in our Bad Batch review with season Mm. two, like, oh, well, you're going to show me that we're building to this big event and I'm really interested in and want to know where it goes. Or give me a really personal story that tells me something that I haven't necessarily seen before. Yeah. And Shazam might absolutely do that. Like, I'm absolutely going to go see this movie. There, there was nothing about it that I was like, eh, pass. Right. Uh, I think I've always liked Zach Levi ever since Chuck. I think yes. he's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think that to your point, from the first Shazam into this Shazam, this is clearly like the superhero version of Big. Starring yes. Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. that is that. And I don't think that that was wrong on their part. I think let's do a superhero version of Big is exactly what a lot of people love about Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Mm. DC Captain Marvel, which now has to be called Shazam because of Captain Marvel. But um, but uh, I think that what Big has that Shazam, at least the first movie, somehow lacked a little bit was a little bit more of like the... 
sadness of childhood. And mm. I know that like I'm not I know that Billy, like Billy thought was looking for his parents and then his mom didn't want it. Like I'm not saying that Shazam didn't have that those pieces to it, but it just didn't have that sort of uh a, a you say darkness, but I say more of like an emotional edge to it. Yeah, fair point. Um yeah. and so I don't I don't know, we'll just be interested to see. So like these trailers, like nothing about like there's a lot of fighting there's a lot of dragons and griffins and stuff and you know there's a, a jaiman hansu is like i chose you and like i'm like all right yeah i i get it like i see where you're going with this but it didn't bowl me over just yet that being said i would love to go see this movie and come out and go god that was a ton of fun yeah that was a blast yeah. like i'm i i do think that the first shazam in the lineup of all the movies that dc has done so far is closer to the top than the bottom for me i think it's a very cute movie mm -hmm. um so i would love for this to build on it and helen mirren lucy Liu, rachel ziegler like it's a i'm not mad about the cast yeah are they do you think they're whole, we don't have, we still haven't seen much of rachel ziegler or her role in either of these two trailers do you think they're just kind of hiding that because that's a big twist or surprise or reveal in the movie because she's barely in this one as well i think she was only in one shot in the first trailer and she's just using her powers in this one but we don't know what the history of it is we get way more with the daughters of atlas and what their overall goal is in this trailer than we did anything with rachel do you think that's on purpose i'm not sure okay i'm not quite sure if i had to guess i would say that like she might not be quite as uh angry as <laughs> the others and is going to there's going to be some turns and there's going to be some yeah. switching sides like i don't i don't know i, I actually don't really know so uh i will be curious to see yeah. and we will all find out if this is a uh, a win or a miss for dc on uh march 17th so yeah. also just around the corner march is i feel like march is now when summer like summer movies are starting like we just like we get like a little bit of a break in january and february where we're like all right not a ton is going on and then march april may june july august we're just like yep yeah, okay let's go it's the roller coaster time right now. As soon as Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out, we are fucking barreling down for the next six months, probably. I do think, and we talked about this before, and this isn't really about Shazam being good or not good, but it is going to be really like with Shazam and Aquaman and everything. I'm just kind of like, what are we? What's happening? Where are we? Where are we, DC? Like, give me a. And I think, like, and I think we said this, like, I think they are very purposely being tight lipped so that we will all go see these movies. And have Geek Buddies reviews where we'll be like, well, maybe Shazam is going to be this. Or maybe when they do this. And maybe he's going to pop up here. And then after these movies come out and make whatever money they're going to make, they're going to be like, yeah, none of these guys are in the new universe. We're rebooting everything. We just had to wait until the movies came out because we didn't want you to not go see them. Yeah, I think quick, that's what's going to happen. Real quick. Did you see that Momoa video? What do you think it means? Real quick. Is he Aquaman? Is he Lobo? Is he both? You've been what exactly? I, did, I watched. I can't remember what exactly did he say. R like, remind me and the audience. So, like, he came out with that video. Yeah, it was a video. Said... He, was at, he was at Warner Brothers, and he said, "The last time I left Warner Brothers, like, I, and I and I got something some great good news. I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I scared people. Well, here I am leaving Warner Brothers again, and then he screamed at the top of his lungs and scared some people. And he's like, I can't, you guys, I can't wait for y'all to see it. I can't wait for y'all to see what I got. So." He was so everyone's speculating. Does this mean he's staying as Aquaman and everyone else has been fired, or is he moving over to Lobo, or is he doing both? So there's a lot of people questioning uh, what he might be doing here. I don't put a lot of stock in the Lobo thing because the only people that have talked about Lobo 
yeah. are really like people on Twitter. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely like this is like right. this is like last Comic Con where everybody was like Henry Cavill's walking out, Henry Cavill's coming out on stage, Henry, and like nobody had said Henry Cavill was coming out on stage except some assholes on Twitter, and then we all just everybody was retweeting it, and then he didn't come out on stage, and everybody got mad yes. that something happened that nobody told them was going to happen. So this Lobo thing, I'm kind of like guys. <laughs> It's like, I can go on Twitter and go, hey, I think Sally Field is going to come on Geek Buddies next week. <laughs> and you can all retweet it. And we can all get excited that Sally Field is going to come on to Geek Buddies next week and talk about 80 for Brady. And yeah. we're all going to be super stoked about it. And then we do Geek Buddies and it's just you, me, and Shannon. And everyone's going to be like, where the fuck was Sally Field? And we're like, all right, well, I don't know. So that's how I feel about the Lobo thing. Okay. Also, Sally Field, if you're listening and you want to come on Geek Buddies oh, next week, 100% will have you. We will promote that movie like crazy, please. Um. So I don't know that there's a Lobo thing. I... What I wonder about really, and I do think this is where this is where all the conversations are surrounding is I understand why they parted ways with Henry Cavill. Yeah. Like even though and I know I'm in the minority, I know a lot of people love Henry Cavill as Superman, but like just the the Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, like all the 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 continuity that was built into that between Superman and Batman and everything else, I think like James Gunn and everybody were like, look, I think we're better to just like start from scratch. I think like trying to turn Zack Snyder's Superman into the Superman that we want him to be, like it's just, there's too many hoops to go through. So let's just start fresh. Yeah. I think they're really challenged because I don't like the Aquaman movie. Yeah, I like I Momoa like as Aquaman. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy for Momoa to continue to be Aquaman in my world. And I'm per even though I don't like Wonder Woman 84, I love Wonder Woman, and I'm perfectly happy for Gal to continue to be Wonder Woman. Yeah. So I think what they are struggling with is what kind of reboot can we do Yeah. and we can keep and not keep. And so Momoa coming out and screaming to the sky and scaring people, to me, suggests that maybe he will stay on it. Like, they're going to come out and they're going to explain what, through some weird way. Yeah, this uh, that, explain it as you're talking, yeah. Yeah, so there's some weird way that he is still going to be Aquaman. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I I don't think they allow him to do this unless it means something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they don't. They, it's not that they control actors, but I'm sure he was like, I'm going to do this. Is it okay with you guys? I'm going to do this. And you know, There's also a world. I mean, you know, like well, I just it, this just occurred to me. And again, I could be completely off base here, yeah. but... There's a world where they do just reboot the entire universe. Like, guys, yes. we are starting from scratch. This is a new version of the DC universe. Yeah. But in this version of the DC universe, Jason Momoa is still going to play Aquaman and Gal's still going to play Diana. We're going to start from scratch. Everything that happened in those other movies is from a different... It's a multiverse, and that happened in their universe. But in this universe, this is who Aquaman is. And he right. gets to still play him, and we get to still... Like, they, they, they could do that. And again, I think that... Most people who are fans of DC, even if you're not a fan of DC movies, you're a fan of DC comics, yeah, there yeah. is a desire for us to have a DC universe that we can all get really excited about. So I think kind of whatever Saffron and Gunn come out and say, they, they can tell us that these actors are sticking around, that Aquaman and Aquaman 2 are canon, and Wonder Woman and Wonder, and Wonder Woman 84 are canon, but nothing. Like, they can kind of tell us whatever. Yeah. And I think that James Gunn gets one really big pass. Yes. Like, whatever he says, we're going to be like, okay, we will accept that as the new base starting point. Right. Let's go. 
Yeah. And so and I'm really curious to see what that new starting point is. Yeah. And please, for the love of God, James, stay the fuck off of Twitter. Please, for the love of God, I'm begging you, stay the hell off of Twitter. Why are you responding to someone with 55 followers about Doom Patrol and Titans? Just stay off of it. Let them all speculate. Roll on and focus on what you're doing next. I, I just I'm, it drives me insane. It drives me insane. Um, all right. Uh, let's get to one last trailer here, Mikey. What, what do you what do you say? All right, we got our second look at 65, uh, the new movie coming out starring Adam Driver, uh, Ariana Greenblatt, uh, f- directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, written by Scott Beck, Brian Woods. And uh, again, based on the first trailer, we knew that Adam Driver and this girl were landing on Earth and they were going to have space, uh, space age technology and they were going to fight dinosaurs. And in this trailer... We saw more of that. Yeah. Um, with this one particularly, I thought they were maybe going to give us a little bit more of a hint on, is this time travel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are Adam Driver and this girl supposed to be the first two humans that landed on Earth and they are actually from a faraway planet and this is how humanity... Like, like we're still not quite clear on what the concept is yeah. uh, or what the conceit is, but it is clear that somebody was like, wouldn't it be cool if you could fight dinosaurs with space-age laser guns? Let's do that. So, what did you think of the second trailer? It's got a vibe to me of like After Earth, which isn't a positive, by the way. That was not, it's a terrible movie. But the father child thing we've seen before in sci fi, you know, you could go back to Aliens, of course, with Ripley and Newt. We've seen versions of this because it seems like they're not related in the movie, but then right. or the trailer, right? But then near the end of the trailer, it looks like she's drawn that they're so. In my mind, this is what I'm thinking. Because we haven't got a lot of story, because we haven't got a lot, we've just seen them, you know, battling these dinosaurs. And by the way, shout out to the CGI. I mean, they clearly spent money to get those dinosaurs right. That's not cheap, you know. As I'm sure everybody involved with Jurassic World and Jurassic Park franchises will tell you, that shit's not cheap. It looked very realistic. You got, you got to, you got to get the amber. You got to clone the dinosaur. Locus. You got to feed the dinosaur. You got to clean up after the dinosaur. Like, it is expensive. It is expensive to take care of those things. (laughs) And feeding them is also expensive. But, yeah, I mean, like, just seeing all these things, uh, I thought was great. The visuals of it was fantastic. Like the connection. This is a fun vehicle for Adam Driver. He's such an incredible actor that just seamlessly slides into multiple genres and delivers great work, whether it's subtle, whether it's big, whether it's explosive, or whether it's chill. He just does great stuff. But what struck me through the trailer, because my mind's always in analyze mode, is this felt like maybe this is almost like source code, where this is all in his or her mind, and this is about them coming to terms with some semblance of the relationship. Maybe she's had some kind of breakdown, and he is trying to you know, uh, get through to her through these things that she has created in her mind, so that by the end, they come back together as father and daughter, and he's pulled her out of wherever she's gone in the future in her mind. So... Those are the things that I'm thinking, that this is all just a, a um, I don't know, a game, a simulation, I guess. And then by the end, we realize this is connected to something much more deeper in this relationship between father and daughter. So that's what I, that's what struck me this time around, because like you, I was a little concerned why we get no story other than we're the last two people alive. We're crash landed here. Humans and dinosaurs are existing at the same time. All of this stuff. But there's no story. And to me, that's where my mind went, because sci-fi can can mess with you sometimes like that. So. It it could be that. Uh, By the way, Source Code. I don't think I've watched Source Code in a long time, and now you made me want to go back and rewatch Source Code. Such a good movie. I um, 
it seems I do like in this trailer it, it does say in the it says sixty five million years ago humanity came to Earth right, right. or discovered Earth it's some, yep. it says something like that in the trailer um, so I'm kind of thinking like I think with the first trailer I don't know if you said it or Shannon said it or even I said it but it was like oh well this is like a it's like a rise it's like a Planet of the Apes thing like our oh, yeah. someone from the future went through a wormhole thought they landed on an alien planet but they really came back to Earth sixty five million years ago and it could be that right. but it also seems like it could be like. Um, oh, well, humanity's origin was on some other planet and humanity developed wherever it developed. And these people came and they crashed on Earth and they, in fact, did crash on for them an alien planet. And I do think there's something interesting about the conceit of uh, because he doesn't in the trailer either. He doesn't he says that or somebody else like they, they refer to like dinosaurs. They're looking at the bones or something as aliens. Yeah. Like he says in the trailer, he doesn't say We're, we found dinosaurs. Uh, he says mm-hmm. aliens. Good so point. it does seem like, you know, for all of like the movies we've seen where, you know, astronauts go off into space and kind of find some face hugger, creepy crawly, weird things in pitch black. Like if you didn't know about dinosaurs and you landed on a planet and there was a T-Rex and a bunch of velociraptors, you'd be like, there's some crazy fucking aliens on this planet. So it <laughs> seems like that's more what they're going for. So I'm really curious. But yeah, I do think that, um, again, it looks totally good. Like I think it's it's Adam Driver and it's yeah. really good CG dinosaurs and an interesting enough conceit that we're not quite sure what's going on. So yeah. I'm I'm definitely intrigued by this one. I I definitely want to check it out. I definitely want to see it. Um and I think like I said in the last trailer, I'm excited to see dinosaurs that are not in Jurassic World because Jurassic World completely uh burns me every single time I watch a Jurassic World movie and I leave feeling dirty and ashamed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, I will not hopefully feel dirty or ashamed yes. uh, on March seventeenth when we yeah. get uh, sixty five. So March is gonna be. Uh, who we got? Oh, we, we should schedule the spoiler reviews now. Gotta, yeah, gotta, absolutely. gotta get them all on the books. <laughs> yeah, so much happening in March. Uh, all right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll jump into our you know simulated main topic here: the uh, the Oscar nominations. Uh, right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. It's a wonderful night for Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Who will win? That's what I got. Well, yeah, little Billy Crystal throwback. I I mean, let's be real. There have been some good hosts, but has anybody, I think the only thing that comes close to Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars was when James Franco and Anne Hathaway hosted the Oscars because it was so bad that it kind of turned a corner into I can't look away what is happening. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Billy Crystal still, I think, the goat when it comes to uh comes to Oscar MC. I think for our generation or multiple generations from our relative generations, yes. Before that it was Bob Hope, but certainly those are the top two in terms of hosting the Oscars. Um, but yes, we I would love to us to get a a great host. Uh, I think it's who is it this year? Kimmel or somebody? I don't know who it is, but whatever. It's it's not Billy Crystal, and that's what sucks. Um, yeah. All right. So the Oscars came out. Big nominations came out just a few days ago. Causing some controversy, causing some fist pumping, 
causing some excitement in certain corners and some frustra- frustration in other corners. Uh, 11 nominations for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Nine nominations for um, uh, uh, Quiet, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I don't think a lot of people have seen. Banshees of Inishirin. Elvis got eight. So a number of nominations. Disney leading the way with 22, if you include Searchlight and Marvel and all the everything under their window, under their umbrella. 22. Netflix, 16 nominations here. So a lot that uh, to talk about and chew on here, Mikey. Top Gun Maverick getting some love as well. Not in Best Actor category, but certainly the Best Picture category. Are we going to have that? Are we going to have that fight again? We, <laughs> we could. Cruise fight. <laughs> the controversy, the Best Actors. That's the big thing, is because the news came out this morning that the Academy is investigating the Andrea Riesboro grassroots campaign of how she got nominated for Best Actress, because a lot of people are upset, including me, that it was a bit of uh, you know like a favoritism. Oh, and it cost two black actresses a possible nomination and Viola Davis and Daniel Deadweiler. So what are your thoughts uh, when you see these nominations and then the reactions afterwards? Uh, what, what are you feeling here? I mean, overall, my reaction to the Oscar nominations uh, is summed up with everything everywhere all at once. Like like, did, like mm. everything else coming out, I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. That it is leading the charge with the number of nominations that it has, That it's yeah. still that it has just this energy behind it. Because I really do think it is one of my favorite movies, period. Yeah. Not like not one of my favorite. Not movies just of the last year. year. You mean overall? Like I, it is just one of my favorite movies. I think it's so good. Yeah. I think it's so powerful, and I I want them to just sweep. I don't know that they're going to sweep. I, I have a feeling that we're going to be a little bit like the Golden Globes and some other things. Like I think that the love is going to get spread around a little bit, but I would not be mad if everything, everywhere, all at once just took it all. Like it. So that makes me so happy. Um, with some ex- with some notable ex- exceptions, Viola Davis being one of them, yeah. I do think that uh, the Oscars feel a bit more diverse than they have tended to feel in the past. So I think that is good. Um, but yeah, Certainly all more, in all, it, more Asian actors that have ever been nominated, uh, yeah. you know, in one year uh, for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, you know, again, like really excited that Angela Bassett uh, yeah. made it into a Best Supporting Actress. I'm sure, Marvel is also very excited about that. Um, and, and as you've seen on Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, I did not know that sequels count as adapted screenplays. So I got super confused in the adapted screenplay category because I could not figure out what either Glass Onion or Top Gun Maverick were, uh, adapted from. So that one really threw me for a loop. So I learned a little something new. John had to explain it to me. And now I know that they are adapted from the first movies. Um, and actually, and for me, I, I really am excited. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Pinocchio is going to take it, but I think that, um, best animated feature film category, you know, for the first time, it's like, a this is such a solid, usually it's like, there's a Pixar movie, a Disney movie, maybe a DreamWorks movie, and then some kind of really, uh, indie thing that's really cool, but doesn't really break through. You look at this, you've got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which, like I said, I'm pretty sure will win. But Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is such a beautiful little movie. It is, man. Puss in Boots' The Last Wish is a way better movie than the first Puss in Boots movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a way better movie than Shrek 3. And a really just great movie. Like, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish is just a fun movie. If you haven't seen The Sea Beast on Netflix, go check it out. It is... Just beautiful. That's the and one then, I'm missing. 
So I got to watch you, that. You got it. I, I will tell you about the CBs. I was dry. I was flying up to Vancouver for work mm-hmm. and I had downloaded it and I was like, oh, I'll watch it on the plane. Cause I just need something. It's probably like fine. Like I, I knew that the animation was going to look good cause I'd seen the trailer, but I was like, yeah, the story's probably whatever. And I thought it was so good that when I flew home, I made my brother watch it. And he was like, wow. that's a great movie. Like it's really great. And then turning red, mm. I thought was a great movie. Like I really love turning red, but I think that, Pixar in this year's category is rushing to catch up with some of these other films. So mm. I just love that in the anime, and, and they're all so different. I just love that this animation category has become like really, really competitive with some really interesting options. So for me, that's a, that's a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was, um, I, I was overall, I liked the nominations uh, there. I did have some complaints and, and as, which I already mentioned there were the best actress situation, but I also, I also have, you know, I will stump until I'm out of breath for she said, because I think it completely got overlooked by the, by the Academy. And I think it's a fantastic film. I was talking to our friend blue yesterday over text and he's, he had just finished watching it and said to me, my God, this is better than the spotlight as a journalism movie. And I agree with him. It is. And there is so much here to explore on Peacock. You can watch it on on Peacock now. It's streaming on Peacock. And it's just so frustrating that it got overlooked for acting, for directing, uh, for best picture. And some other things got in there. Because, I, I, you know, you guys know I'm not the biggest Fableman's person. But I get it. It's Spielberg. People are going to vote for him. I get it. But it would have been nice to see Maria Schrader yeah. uh, get in there as a best director. Or even Gina Prince-Bythewood for Woman King, which I think is, was stellar. Yeah. I was going to say, I, to me, I, I admittedly, I have not watched She Said yet. It's okay. on my list, and I think I can't quite gear my... I, I finally, I watched Triangle of Sadness this week, uh, which don't don't eat dinner. <laughs> don't eat dinner and watch Triangle of Sadness. Like, I made this mistake, didn't think yeah. it through. Yeah. Uh, it was not a pleasurable experience <laughs> for me. Um, so that was a thing that I also learned this week is uh, yeah. don't don't eat 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 first then watch Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so she said is on my list. But I 100% agree with you about the Woman King. Yeah. Um, I not only um, from a directing standpoint and not only from a Viola Davis standpoint, but even like Lashana Lynch for supporting yes. actress. Like I yes. think Lashana Lynch almost steals that movie from Viola Davis. Like yeah. I think she is so good in that movie. So, yeah, I do think Woman King definitely got overlooked because I thought that was just a great, great movie. Yeah. Um, and just some banger performances across the board. Uh, and, and really great score, really good directing. I thought John Boyega was great. Like, so yeah. I, think, I think that movie definitely got overlooked. Fablemans, I, I'm with you on Fablemans. Yeah. But the more that people talk about Fablemans, and I think maybe it's just my love of Spielberg, I, I'm in this really weird place where... I don't think Fableman's is one of the best movies of the year. I don't think Fableman's is one of Spielberg's best movies. Mm. But it's such a personal movie for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this... For him to make a movie that's so personal, for a director to basically be like, let me take my life and my trauma and put it on screen, and it's one of the best directors of motion pictures, period. Yeah. There's something interesting about it, but... Also, maybe that's why it didn't appeal. Maybe he was too close to it. Maybe that's why it didn't really land for me. I don't know. I, I'm really conflicted about Fablemans because on the one hand, like with the Golden Globes, I thought he gave a lovely speech and I'm always happy to I'm always happy to see Spielberg get accolades because yeah. he's meant so much to my love of film, but I also don't think that he doesn't necessarily deserves it for this one. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, you know, to me, it's a lot of people have been misunderstanding my comments about it because he uses the magic of Hollywood as the prism through which he's going, he's dealing with the trauma in his life, and he kind of romanticizes it, and that's the thing. And yes, the trauma is not romanticized. He's trying to navigate it, but we don't get deep enough into the trauma, and we don't get a resolution. We don't explore. Like, there's not an exploration of what's going on with her that's deep enough to mirror what you want to see when you've had it presented in such a way in the film that I think it kind of falls apart there for me. It doesn't go deep enough. It doesn't go hard enough into the subject matter that it presents. And it's a little too glossy and above it instead of deep in it. And I would have liked to have seen that. That would have actually really blown me away because as with Schindler's List, we know he can dive in deep into something and show you all the nooks and crannies, both ugly and and, and beautiful within the thing. And so I would have liked to have seen a little more of that. I think that would have delivered a much more powerful film than a film that, you know, you find solace in the magic of Hollywood to escape from the trauma. Do you know what I kind of think? I mean, and I think this applies, like, I think uh, before I say anything and everybody gets mad at me, I think Michelle Williams is an amazing actress. I think Michelle Williams is great. Oh, 100% agree with you. Yes. But I do think... Yeah. that I don't necessarily love her in this movie. Agreed, yeah. But I also kind of think that you might have hit on what it is about Fablemans that I find challenging, which is as much as Spielberg wanted to tell this very personal story, yeah, I think he is so close to it that he wasn't going to let Michelle Williams... In the, way she, in the way this character is written, in the way it's directed, in the way it's performed, it's like... We're going to say, yeah, she was problematic, but we're not going to really get in there and yeah. get messy. Yeah. Because, like, he's tell basically telling a story about his family. And he's like, yeah. uh, put my mom. I'm not going to go after yeah. my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's maybe a little bit of that that, like, in if this weren't so personal to him or if this was another person telling this story where you could really get into it, watching someone use film – um, to deal with their trauma and the trauma was more traumatic, maybe yeah. was, I don't know. It, that, that's a, it's an interesting, mm. it's an interesting thing to think about, but yeah, I, I, so I will see. I, I do have a feeling he might win. Yeah. Um, just, and again, it's, it's one of those, like, I don't know that he deserves to win for this, but it is Spielberg. And I'm like, has he, he won for Schindler's list, right? Yes. He won for Schindler's list. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. And but I yeah, because he what? won. Yeah, yeah, he won for some of those. So it's Martin McDonough for Banshees, uh, the Daniels for Everything yeah. Everyone Wants, Spielberg for Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, uh, and Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, I mean yeah. like, try no 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 shade to Triangle of Sadness or Tar, uh, but I just don't think they have the momentum behind them. Yeah, I think Banshees of Inisherin has some momentum. But I think that the race for director kind of comes down to, are you giving it to Spielberg because he's Spielberg? Or are you going to give it to the Daniels because they really did do the best movie of the year? Yeah, it's, it's a valid question. It's a valid question. You wonder if that's what – I think that has to go that route. And especially because there's been such a backlash on some of these other nominations, I think that will kind of influence things at the end. So I hope that's what happens because you're right. Everything Everyone All at Once deserves so much praise, deserves so much love. And it would be fascinating that in the, la in the last four years, we'll have two Asian films, or Asian-led yeah. films, rather, to like, kind of come in and grab Best Picture. That would be such a fantastic thing to see because it, they both earned it. You know, Do I think 1917 is a slightly better film than Parasite? Yes, but that's my own personal opinion. Parasite winning, though, I have no problem with it. 
just like everything ever all at once. Do I think Top Gun Maverick is my favorite film of the year? 100%. Do I think everything ever all at once deserves it? Yes. So it's just that kind of thing where you go, yeah, objectively, I can see that. Absolutely. So I do think, I mean, this is this is not this year's Oscars at all. I yeah. think 1917 is such an impressive film, but yeah. I do think that Parasite is a better film. Right. It's more well, like, it's to me, like it was... To talk about it, yeah, well, what it's trying to talk about, and just like the, uh, the the interest, like like 1917, you're like watching it, and you're like, oh, okay, this is supposed to be one long shot. Oh, I see how they did that. Oh, that's really interesting. But it didn't really. I watched it as someone who was like a, appreciating the cinematic achievement more than being in it. And Parasite, I'm like, who the fuck is that downstairs? Like, you know, <laughs> I was I was in it. As soon as she comes up. Like, what the fuck is yeah, going on? Yeah, I'm assuming it was so. But let's best. Here's a question for lead yeah. actor Do you think uh, Austin <sighs> Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser? I kind of feel like it's one of those three. This is a great question because you so many people are focusing on the best actress and the controversy there. We'll let that be because that'll be what it'll be. And in the end, most likely it's going to be Michelle Yao or or Kate Blanchett. So it really doesn't, you know, it, you know, in the end, these people are not going to win, right? Anna Darmas is not going to win, and neither is. Uh, 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 I drew Reesboro, but yeah, the best actor. Okay, here's the thing that concerns for for me. It is Brendan Fraser by miles, right? I think Colin Farrell does things with that role that I've never seen him do in any other movie. So I love the nomination for him. Could I see him winning? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because the whale wasn't nominated for anything else, and that to me tells me there's this backlash against that film being led by some people who are misunderstanding that movie or misrepresenting that movie, that it's a commentary about people who are at that size. It isn't. It's about this one person dealing with his, the situation of why he became how he became and how he is navigating. It is not about all overweight people or obese people and how they become obese and how they live their lives and why they live their lives. It's about this one person. And I think people are extrapolating it out and damaging the film because of it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was heartbreaking. And I thought it was an incredible performance. And I love that Hong Chow was nominated as well for Best Supporting Actress because she is the heart of the movie, not Brendan Fraser. It's her. And so, so, but his performance is undeniable. But yes, could I see the backlash against this movie costing him? Yeah, kind of like it cost Russell Crowe for Cinderella Man. And we've seen other uh, films get uh, kind of pushed aside because of the backlash uh, to the film, to the content, you know. And so it's like a political race. As soon as you get the nomination, then every single part of your life is going to be overanalyzed to pieces. So as soon as once you get that Oscar nomination, now people are reevaluating the film, your performance and everything to decide if they should vote for you. So. I think all bets are off, even though it seemed like Frazier was a shoe-in. I think all bets are off now. I I feel a little I I agree with you, but I feel a little bit differently. I, I think okay. the biggest I I think I don't think that the reason that the whale didn't get nominated beyond the two of them for their performances uh isn't necessarily just the backlash. That might be a part of it for okay. sure, because I definitely was like reading all that on Twitter. Yeah. I think it's more like I I appreciate Darren Aronofsky. I think Darren Aronofsky is so talented. Like like, like literally like, like, like a Darren things. I love the way, like, a Darren Aronofsky movie. A Darren Aronofsky movie is artfully done. The yes. man the man is an artist through and through. You don't feel good <laughs> coming out of a Darren Aronofsky movie. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. So that's the thing. Like like what he's going for. Yeah. 
is it. Like, you get to the end of The Whale, and I'm, I know you say it's a beautiful movie, and it, there are beautiful things about it, yeah. but you don't come out of that movie and go, I see I see the light at the end of this. I see I see what he's saying. You go, fuck, man, life fucking, life is, life is fucking <laughs> shit. God, I can't. I, you just come out and you just feel like, you feel like you just got pummeled a little bit. And so I do think that, like, there is this, and, and by the way, to your point, I think this is that's that's what Darren Aronofsky is is going for. That's Absolutely. what he's telling you. Yeah. And so I think that you kind of come out and you go, "All right, well like that was rough and watching Brendan Fraser was really hard and it was real, but like you don't come out and go, "Well, this was this movie really spoke to me. like and again, just I'll I'll keep harp like everything everywhere all at once. You get to the end of that movie and what it is saying about life yeah. and connection and the roads not traveled and where you are now and looking at things in a different way. Like it just, it, it also has a ton of things to say, but you leave feeling like elevated. Yeah. And so I think that's it. I, and again, I don't think I'm not taking anything away from Darren Aronofsky. I think he is amazing at what he does, but I think that that's why sometimes his movies, you're like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. This didn't really get me, this isn't the thing you're like, yes, let us, let us celebrate this. I don't know. That's just me. You've just gotten a window into the Mike Vogel, John Roker relationship. You've absolutely put that for the last 25 years. Cause I found so much beauty in the ending of the whale, uh, that I actually uplifted me. And so I actually came out of that film, but I get, I totally came out of the film, certainly being like, man, life sucks sometimes. But also the way that film ended left me feeling kind of just in a beautiful place. And uh, with everything I brought at once, I was so emotionally drained by that movie in all the best ways because yep. of how that thing ends. It, 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 it like makes me it made me almost call my mom that night, you know, because it was such a powerful film about that, about family and about how yeah. families that there's no normal families. And it's always a struggle and a fight. And you've got to be willing to kind of tear down the walls to find the connection again. Um, and it takes everyone to tango in order to achieve that. So yep. just beautiful, beautiful stuff for sure. All right. Any final words uh, on the Oscars? Anything we don't, uh, we don't, we want to discuss here? No, I mean, look, I think, uh, I think all of us are kind of rooting for Kiwi Kwong. Uh, yes. hundred percent. Best supporting actor. Best supporting actress is really a crapshoot. Uh, yeah. You know, I think a lot of us would love to see Angela Bassett pick it up for Wakanda, but like to your point, Hong Chao is great. Carrie Condon was great. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie too. Like this, <sighs> There's not a bad choice in Best Supporting Actress. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch because I think that every single category kind of has its own, like, is it going to go here? Is it going to go here? Like, there's going to be a lot for everybody to root for. Um, and uh, I really hope we get some good movie montages. We haven't gotten them yeah. as much in the past couple of years. And now that we are well out of a pandemic and can go back to business as usual, I would like to see some movie montages that make me cry so that everybody yes. can make fun of the fact that I cry during movie montages. <laughs> For sure. And they're showing all the categories. So that's a nice nice way to redeem, to uh, put that back into yep. the ceremony for sure we'll find out uh was it march i think is when it's gonna happen yeah so. i think so march is a busy month y'all get ready um all right well there you go that's our episode of the geek buddies a little bit of a mini episode thank you all so much for joining us um, not so many yeah not so many i guess you're right uh where um what do we do shannon oh yeah if you want to follow us uh, you see above our heads there the uh, geek underscore buddies there on twitter uh, the underscore geek underscore buddies there on instagram if you want to follow shannon it's at shannon the geek buddy on Instagram and Shannon underscore McClung on Twitter, I think. Uh, and if you want to follow, follow Michael, 
It's at MK Tune on both. And if you want to follow me, it's at The Rogue Says on both. Mikey? All right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed this and you enjoy trailers and you enjoy arguing about trailers and you enjoy arguing about Oscar nominations, then we are going to be doing a lot of those things over the next several months. Um, and here's what you guys can do to help us keep doing it. Go ahead and smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got. Leave your comments below. Um, what are movies are you excited about? Did you think these second trailers did it for you? Did it give you more of the same? Are we missing something that you that we didn't see? Let us know in the, in the comments below and let us know what you think about Oscar nominations. What are you excited about? What do you think was missed out on? What do you think is being overhyped? Definitely tell us if you are listening to us on a podcast right now. Again, Shannon's not here. I know it's hard to tell because I sound just like him when I want to, but uh, go ahead and leave us some stars and some comments to help us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Go and a big uh, shout out to Carbon Health who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Head over to carbonhealth.com, go get checked out today, either virtually or in person. As I said, 100 plus locations all over the country, 80 plus locations in California alone. Still COVID testing, they get they have packs there for you to buy. Test yourself at home in case you're going off and doing anything or you got any concerns about how you're feeling physically. They will take care of you, uh, and they believe in creating personal plans, healthcare plans for everybody. And Download the app as well if you need it. So uh, do you have any of those healthcare questions or concerns on the go? All right. Thanks so much for joining us here. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.